Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Round 17 review brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, your best place for rugby predictions and opinion. And this week, you're actually going to get to hear from me. What a scary thought. Unfortunately, yep, we've lost Shane um, to the... Uh, the, uh, the and, and the Reds won at the weekend as well. Wow. Um, but uh, but the Rebels, yep. He just couldn't get over that Rebels result, unfortunately. And so he's going to... We, we've lost him this week. Um, hopefully, we'll have him back in the not-too-distant future. But... Um, uh, that's, so yeah, so you'll have to hear from me, unfortunately. I'll try and give you similes like they runs like a good Volvo or something like that. Um, we'll see what we can do to try and replace Shane. But um, the man who will actually have the, the reins to the show is uh, Steve. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very, very well, thank you. Uh, good to be back again. I, I haven't lost my faith um, with the good game. In fact, I don't really know too much else about any other sports. So apart from cricket, Cricket World Cup's going on at the moment too. Great sport that is as well. Apparently but, they had some rain today, I think. So South Africa didn't get oh, to play. Is that right? I don't know. Anyway. Not today. Uh, Australia lost last night, which is a great start. E- everything's good when Australia <laughs> loses. Sorry, Australians. Um, but there's plenty more of that to come in the Super Rugby Review Show today. Of course, round 17. Um, let's get into the action because there was a lot of action um, throughout the round as well. So we'll kick things off. At the beginning, like we always do with the first match of the weekend, the Highlanders versus the Bulls. An interesting match-up. And I mean, there's a lot of interesting matches going on at the moment, especially with the last couple of rounds now. This is the penultimate. This weekend coming up is the final. So a lot hinges on these matches. And the Highlanders and the Bulls really could have done with a good win here to kick their season on into the latter parts. But to be fair, you got to say about the stadium in Dunedin, it may have been miserable outside, and I can tell you down here, I'm only a couple of hours away. It was terrible outside, but under the roof, it was perfect for some high-paced, high-attacking, high-risk rugby, which is what we got out of these two sides. The accurate kicking game got the Highlanders off to a great start and got them their two opening tries as well. Aaron Smith's clever boot and a great chasing um, from the Highlanders. The errors from the Bulls at the back, and Josh Mackay starting in a rare start from a Highlanders jumper to grab his first try of the matchup, and it was the second from Rob Thompson, perfectly chipping it across to Waisaki Naholo, who grabbed the second of the matchup. After that, it was a bit to and throw. The Bulls uh, struck back, similar to the Highlanders first, some poor covering at the back, and Rousseau hit one back for the Bulls to get back into the matchup. Rob Thompson, though, he took full toll of some pretty poor rushing defensive lines from the Bulls, split it in half, and set Mackay in for his second of the game. And the youngster was looking quite the goods for the Highlanders. But the Bulls, they hit back instantly following that try. Berger Oldendahl, who has been a bit of a love and hate relationship with Bulls fans recently, breaks the line this time. They'll be loving him at the moment. Uh, It's too big for him. So it's too small for him to go all the way through. He got close, though. And in the end, the big boys got involved, finished it off nicely. Jackson Jenkins was the one to claim the try. Halftime we went to 19-14. The Highlanders were leading by the slimmest five-point margin. The second half calmed down a bit from the Halter Scouter first half pace until it was some quick play off a scrum advantage for the Highlanders. They're seen by sucking the hollow skip over in the corner for his second. An important part of the match here with Andre Pollard kicking a penalty to cut the lead to just seven. And once again, we're all sitting at home going, oh no, the difference is that fateful number of seven. And time ticking down. The Highlanders just couldn't hold on to the ball. And the Bulls, they finally made the pay as well, with Hooker Versace crashing over with five minutes left to play. And Pollard, the crucial part of the match, goal-kicking flawless once again. And he tied it up at 24 points all, which is how it ended. Paul, another draw 
What is going on with Super Rugby? It's just insane. More draws than any other season in history. There is. Isn't it fantastic? All this kissing your sister kind of thing that they talk about whenever it's a draw. I don't understand that really. But there you go, being an only child. But anyway, um, yeah, it's yeah, another draw. Wow. Um, and uh, we've had some pretty close games. I mean, this one, one point in it, and then I'd have had the correct result. Two points I was out by in the, uh, the, the the Reds-Blues game, and I would have had a perfect weekend. But no, the my, 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 this ruined my picks. I think it ruined most people's picks. Um, but, um, yeah, lots and lots of tries scored by kicks, weren't there, to, to this one, um, which was uh, which kind of became a theme of the weekend. Uh, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that later in the year as teams try and beat the whole rush defence stuff. Um, and disallowed tries. I, we must have had nearly double figures worth of disallowed tries um, this weekend uh, and this one I, I was a bit dubious at first about this knock on but hey uh, it's, uh, it's the way it went um, and yeah the, the, the Highlanders just really needed to be a bit better to be honest yeah I mean they would have needed that win didn't they uh, to catch up or, or to keep pace and put that pressure on um, with the other teams uh, going for those finals so it's, it's big for them uh, to not pick up that victory uh, maybe a bit uh, disheartening for them further on Next weekend, I guess when they look back on it, uh, that is two thrown away easy points that they should have really picked up. But a good game, though. I think you can't argue that it was fairly entertaining. I've seen a lot of people bashing after this game about how poor it was and how badly executed it was. But I thought it was fairly entertaining. I mean, the Highlanders certainly didn't hold anything back. And they were throwing everything they could, high risk, and you know every offload they could manage. As you say, yeah, it was lots of high risk stuff, lots of stuff against the run of play. Um, because it was sort of running kicks back and bouncing balls and balls dropped and then picked up and therefore the defence suddenly uh, 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 sort of caught unawares and it's, a, it's exciting stuff, but not necessarily high-quality stuff all of the time. You say everyone throwing the kitchen sink at it, but um, yeah, you can't really throw your kitchen sink as far as you can throw a gumboot, can you? Um, the, um, I, what am I saying? I've got no idea. Uh, but yeah, it's the... And, but, oh, come on. Moment of the weekend had to be... Ben Smith running the line with his daughter. Yeah. Wasn't that cute? Yeah, uh, it's, he's a classy player. He's a classy character as well. So that was, so, yeah, that was uh, that, 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 that was a great uh, a great moment of the weekend. So, yeah, that was all good. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, I guess they're coming down your way next weekend. You going to the game? They are indeed. Um, if not working, uh, possibly. Or finishing work when it starts will be a pretty close one. But, yeah, um, Friday night. Oh, no, I won't be working. Oh, hello. There we go. Yes, hopefully. I will be going to <laughs> I just realised it was on Friday. Yeah, hopefully so, we'll be going to that one. Yeah, so if you want to know um, what each team needs in the final round of the uh, of, um, of Super Rugby, I've done a video for my supporters over at patreon.com forward slash driving mall. Link down below in the in the notes. Ah, very, very good. And there's, there's a nice man on Twitter, I will say, called Bulky. I don't know if he watches your videos or not, but he has sent me, and a few other people as well, a very in-depth and extremely, extremely good look at what the teams need and what results will result in other results happening for the final round. And for the Highlanders, um, being the team further down here, I mean, there's still possibly they can get into the top eight. And if they do win with a bonus point and the Lions lose and the Chiefs win, yes, it's that complex, the Highlanders could finish in the seventh position. So there we go. There's always hope and always possibility for the Highlanders to get the job done there. But there's enough about that for us up matchup. Let's move on to the battle of the colours, the reds and the blues. And there would have been high hopes by many blues fans like that one 
whatever side you're on for me, Paul, that you'd get the job done here. And it was the Blues who got off to a great start too inside the first couple of minutes. Uh, Blake Gibson was the one scorching away to start things up nicely for him. Further on the match, though, they picked up near the 20-minute mark. The Blues doubled their lead, and Blues fans like Paul were absolutely jumping around in their seats. Uh, quick hands down the left edge, and Talia was finishing it off for the Blues, and they looked like they were the team to beat at that stage. But the Reds did wake up, and it was a ra ra wide-ranging um, Scott Higginbotham with a great try, great shot of speed from the veteran as well, and um, he scorched away to put the Reds back in the matchup. But the Blues really halted that momentum very, very quickly as Ma Nonu actually did something good later on in the matchup instead of right at the start, breaking the defence and putting Pulu in for their third try of the matchup. As we headed towards halftime break, though, the Reds were building more and more into the game as it wore on. And a run of penalties really gifted them a lot of territory, close to the line, and a magnet of a man like Tupo is right there, as he always is. A bit like old-school Chiefs fans will know. Tal Malolo was a bit of a man like this. Close to the line, he was the one who was always going to get this ball down. Into the sheds we went. Halftime. The Blues were leading 21 points to 15. And it looked like they might be getting some cookies at the end of this one. But the Reds had other things to say about that. And they struck early and first in the second half. Really simple stuff. Just numbers game. Down the short side. And it followed up an easy try for Higgity. And with that, they took the lead. The Blues, though, they hit straight back as well. Some average defense around the ruck from the Reds left too much open space, and the spark of Augustine Pulu grabbed his second and the lead back. Some naughty stuff from Dalton Popoli. He got himself sent to the bin with the Reds hot on attack, but surprisingly, they couldn't actually turn it into points, but they did get some later on. It was a game for heroes, and if there's one man in a Reds jumper that should be called a hero, it is Scott Higginbotham. The old wheels ranging out wide once again, giving the Reds the chance at the lead with the conversion, which normally this ends in a sad story. But when the Blues are on the other side of it, it's all glory for the Reds. And they took the lead by a slender one point and the victory with it as well. Holding on for the last couple of minutes to take a 29-28 victory over the Blues. A uh, heartbreak Paul, for the Blues once again. They just can't get over the line. They can't. I mean, that's that's it. They're, I mean, well, they're away to the Hurricanes next weekend, but they haven't won away all season. This had to be that game where they were going to win, get their first away victory, but no. I mean, 21-5 up, and, and they let the game slip. Some serious, serious game management issues going on here. I mean, we had another disallowed try in this one, didn't we, for um, for the Tom and, Tom and Thor. Uh, yeah, uh, he, um, I can't remember what it was now. Um, didn't get the ball down or something. Um so, uh, so yeah, second attempt, he got a, he, he got a try, but yeah, oh, come on, the Blues. I mean, seriously, uh, they've they managed to get some get some decent play at home, but away from home, they've been abysmal this season. There was also another disallowed try, which I thought would be the one you were going to talk about because it was for the Blues. It was for Pulu's hat trick. Oh, um, held, that was criminal, held. absolutely I, criminal. Yeah, I think he wasn't held. I think there was no held action of him on the ground for that. Um, after that. Yeah, it's a bit more debatable, but that's what it was disallowed for. So, what were your thoughts? Do you think it was still a try? Yeah, I didn't think it was held either. Um, so, yeah, so no, I don't think, uh, so I think it should have been a try. Yep. But there and you go. changed the match too. It did, it did. Um, talking of changing matches, not as much as the um, uh, as the Seawolves versus the Toronto Arrows this, this, this weekend, which is today, which was given, which was um, decided by a penalty try and then a disallowed try. So, yeah, the referee had a big, big say in that one. Um, anyway, um, but that's 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 uh, a different uh, different 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 um, country, different tournament, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, yes, no, the Blues, 
yeah, really their own worst enemies, um, the Reds um, or the Maroons, as um, uh, Brad Thorne seems to uh, seems to seem to think they are. He reckons he's actually doing state of origin coaching, which probably explains <laughs> how they've been playing the whole season. Um, I don't think he realises they're the Reds. I think he realises think so. He's talked about the Maroon jumper apparently all the time in, in interviews. Um, and yes, uh, according to Jamie Wall, so he is. Um, yeah, he's he's actually been coaching rugby league all year, which is why the Reds have done it as abysmally as they have. Oh, any odd excuse for old Brad. Oh, he's, he's a bit of a legend, isn't he? Poor old Brad. Right, we'll move on. And this one, well, this one we'll try and condense down as much as we can. It's the Crusaders versus the Rebels. There was a lot of points, but they're only going one way. And from the outset, well, I mean, when they only go one way, there can only be one outset, can't there, from the start. An early strike uh, for the Crusaders. Crossfield kicks Suvu Reese. Shows just how much Dane Hale Petty does early money because he was watching the complete other direction as Suvu Reese ran about 20 metres from next to the sticks to way out on the wing to the kick. Unnoticed, unmarked, and that was the start. The Rebels certainly weren't wanting. The defence was pretty much exposed throughout the Second try of the game, a ruck turnover, more poor defense. You take that through the fence, that's a crazy thing. He presented his 14 0. Very, very quickly, more Crusaders points, more from halfway, starting away from a kick, breaking down near the line, to the left side he goes. And it's just tidy finishing, it's skillful finishing, and it's, well, no mistakes, is it? It's ruthless finishing. One much for the Crusaders. Just before half time, the crossfield kick was back out again. Moanga pinpoint and Brad Nenor. At it again, full speed takes it perfectly, and at this point we're wondering why there's even another team out there because it's 26 nil and it's half time. But if you thought that was bad, it gets even worse. Strap in. The Rebels have a chance to actually score some points. They actually have a slow period of time in the Crusaders 22, but seem clueless how they can actually break it and score a try. And what makes it worse is after that long period, they lose the ball and then just like that, a flip. Of the fingers, the Crusaders go the length of the field. Uh, Reese playing the overlap, Paul, and it's another try for the Crusaders. Um, Seven Reese, magical, another 80 meters away, 40 points to nil. Now the Crusaders decide early in the second half they'll run on the beat. Maybe we might see the Rebels start to come into this game, but no. So we carry on, five meter scrum, short side switch it's, from Moanga, and then all's got a hat trick. It's still going on, jeez. There's more. Double bonus point. There's six tries. Double bonus point. Now, the Rebels at this point are making the Sunwolves look pretty impressive. A line out. Moanga, chip, easy grab. Havili makes no mistake as he did earlier and scores another try. But, but, then the main man starts getting to this match. 150 capped Ryan Crotty. Played the magician this time. He just bulldozes his way through and he just scores a, a, gives a hat trick to Seven Reese, but all created by the magician that is Ryan Crotty. And it wouldn't be complete. Let's end it with a great finish as well, with the man himself, Ryan Crotty, dotting down. I mean, come on. This guy is the most unselfish player in New Zealand rugby. Always puts the team over himself. But to get that try at the end, brilliant for him. And even better, converts it as well. Cream of the crop on the top. Crusaders 66, Rebels nil. Let's move on. I, well, there is that, yes. Yeah, Before we move on, though, hat tips uh, Ryan Crotty. 150 caps, well done. Uh, got the try as well, uh, but again, I, I, another thing that just um, uh, part of this is it's just the number of uh, tries being scored by um, scored by kicks. Quite a few in this one, um, three or four crossfield kicks. Uh, we also had 
the and and also a continuation of what we've known about the Crusaders all season is that they score first and second phase ball uh, off the back of a scrum, off a line out, off turnover, quick tap penalty. Um, so yeah, more than half their tries are scored off like first phase ball, which shows you yeah that, uh, that that's really where you have to get them because they're so organised. They've got so many different options at that point. It's really hard to stop them. It's impossible. It's really impossible to stop them. So we'll move 66 now. I mean, there's not much you can just say about from just applauding how good the Crusaders were um, and how poor the Rebels were because they were just atrocious. And, for- and to, make, to make life really difficult for the Crusaders, now they've topped the conference, they get a week off to rest before they have to play the finals at home. Oh, they have the bye, don't they? Of course. So, yeah, <laughs> what, a, what a way to round out your season. Perfectly <laughs> positioned. I wonder who thought, hmm, let's give the Crusaders a bye on the last round. A good idea. Yeah, because I'll be going straight into the process. Perfectly executed for them. Anyway, moving on from an Australian team getting thrashed to a guaranteed Australian winner with the Waratahs versus the Brumbies. And it was a bit of an even match to start off with. Sides had a few early chances, but it was a rolling ball, unsurprisingly, that uh, got the first try um, for the Brumbies. Not directly from the ball, but they got a couple of phases after that. Rory Arnold reaching out like a stretchy hand to plant the ball down and get the Brumbies off to a good start. And I'm kind of surprised how this match actually wore on. Very even early, but the Brumbies just kept on turning it up a gear. And it was some hot work by a backline player. Yes, it was Pulu and Banks. And they set it up close to, and Muirhead just rumbles his way over with about six bodies around them to score the try. The refs saw something to agree. And this game just slowly, with each try, shifted massively towards uh, the Brumbies. Minutes later, they're in again. It's the backline and they were doing real damage. Cut out passes all over the place. Superb support lines and running lines. Before you know it, Simone's over. And it's cruise control for the Brumbies. They're up 21 points to three. So one-sided. Really surprisingly one-sided. And then they actually got their real key weapon going. Which was the actual driving mall and scoring a try from it. We know how it works. We know who scores it. Flaufanger goes in, scores another one. And he is equal top at this point with 11 tries for the season. It's 28-3 at the break. The Brumbies commandingly in charge of this one. The Waratahs, though, they got back into the game with clever little snipe from Fibs. And after they worked into a good position, they finally got one over. They spent the next 20 minutes smashing there the Brumbies line, who seemed just be content to actually hold them out at this point with the lead that they've got. And it wasn't until they mixed up their attack a bit, the Waratahs, following with a little bit of a grubber behind Adam Ashley Cooper reading it well. And they got something out of it, but they still trailed by 11 points. Following that, though, the Brumbies decided maybe we should probably score something to make this a little bit more comfortable for ourselves. And they just struck back pretty easily in comparison to what we've just seen from the Waratahs. The Maul getting the job done again. Cusack, the scorer, breaking off the side of the Maul. And it's simple as you like for the Brumbies. This is why they're the top Australian team. After 80 minutes, Curtis Rona got a little bit of a constellation try for the Waratahs. But not that try for the Waratahs was important. But the fact is that it actually denied the Brumbies of the try-scoring bonus points after the 80 minutes whistle. is probably going to be the more important fact from it. The full-time score was 24-35. The Brumbies, first half domination, too good for the Waratahs. Yeah, the Brumbies coming to form at just the right time of year. I mean, they were pretty, pretty poor early in the season. We all thought, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're done and dusted. Uh, but they've, what, they're on, a, they're on a, a fantastic run of, uh, of results at the moment. The Rebels have decided to just totally spit the dummy and uh, collapse. <laughs> Uh, and the Waratahs never have been in the races all season. So, hey, presto. Uh, and as we've talked before, the Reds have been playing league. So, um, so no wonder they're, 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 they're not in it. So, the Brumbies will top the uh, top the conference and be the only Australian side in the playoffs, is my 
guess. Rebels still in eighth place, but um, yeah, they're, they're just playing so awfully, as we saw talked about last last game. Um, but uh, so yeah, they've, they've, it's all coming together nicely for them. Yeah, it's so much like last season. Of the Rebels, they completely fell off the face of the earth, and they're doing exactly the same thing. But the Brumbies here, you're right, good form, right time of the, of the season to do it as well. They know what they're good at, I guess is what you can only say, and they know when they can use it and when they can get that freedom to, to explore other options. But they just seem a clever side, um, especially like guys like Lelia Fano in there. Good from him, but the former guys, the key guys, current Drani Spakes and that are, are actually standing up this season, which we haven't seen from them in the past. But before yeah, and, we move over... And because, oh, because look, we all know they're rolling more. I mean, they deliberately pick people who liked it more, um, and, uh, talk, talking to, and they have done that for like like, like a decade now, uh, listening to Laurie Fisher talk. Uh, and that means you know you can't give up penalties in your own half, because if you do, you, you've you got that five-meter line out, you're likely to go for a try. And that means you're onside, whereas every other team, if you're playing anyone else, you get yourself offside and close close the uh, close the space down, which gives their backs more room to play. Uh, it's... Um, no, it's it's it, it, well. Whilst people say it's a boring style, uh, as you say it's clever and it's working. Uh, and um, yeah, they they could uh, they could upset some people. They could indeed. Right now, before we move to South Africa, do you want to take this chance for a bit of a halftime team talk? See oh. what's coming up on the channel because I forgot to do it before the last one. <laughs> so your halftime team talk. Hi. Um, yes. So tomorrow night we'll have the hash rugby chat with Herman and uh, Stephen Harris. They'll be both be joining me tomorrow night. Uh, and then Wednesday night will be the All Blacks edition with um, Ashwin and Michael Pullman um, before we have a preview of the round on Thursday evening. I'm not sure he's going to join me for that one yet. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's the that's what's coming up this week. Um, and as I said, uh, go down below, uh, click on patreon.com forward slash driving more, become a supporter of the channel uh, and get access to exclusive opinion pieces um, as well. All righty, moving on over to South Africa, the Lions and the Hurricanes. Big match for the visiting Hurricanes, and a big match too, too for the at-home Lions, and it was the Canes that got off to the better of the start, a line-out set play, scoring, opening the scoring for the Canes, a superb line from Laumapo, who actually didn't show his power game on this play, just showed the speed and the footwork, and got them off to a good little start. The Lions over very quickly to hit back themselves, scrappy play, and it was behind the danger line, it was behind um, the set play, it, it all come a bit unstuck for the Lions, but it was picked up from a danger man himself, Deontay. Time on his side and space in front of him. A perfectly executed little chip and extremely lucky bounce, but a superb chase gave him an open line, and we know all about his speed. That put it nicely up for the Lions, and at halftime, yes, already halftime, it was just 10-10, a draw between the two sides. Hopefully that won't continue on for the rest of the match. The Hurricanes got off to the better start, though, and you couldn't have started any better than they did. It possibly would be impossible to do it. Straight off the kickoff, the Lions butcher the restart and it falls kindly to Ben Lamb, who has a bit of a swat away at a couple of Lions flies there. And as we canter to the line, I think it was like nine seconds or something like that from the kickoff, from that to scoring the try, which is just insane. And that really just about broke the Lions back from that. Because it faded quickly after that. Ardi Savia on the field, bulldozing his way through some soft defence. Ben Lamb, he's woken up in the second half as well and he scored his second try within minutes. The Lions got battered early on in the half, but as it go on later, they got themselves back into the game. And a great try created from Alton Yankees, who actually worked the line. He actually took the defenders on, and he actually broke it as well, which is something we haven't seen too much from him. He got it away to the inform Mapu to carry on, and the best man to have over is the speedster, Deanti, who crosses for his second. And I think that was a really special Lions try. That 
maybe gave them a little hope back into the game. But it was the last piece of hope for the rest of the game for them. Dane Colts took over from there. Piranaro sunk to the floor at a, a pretty dangerous sort of high tackle. And Colts just picked it up. Doesn't care about poor old TJ. Taps it. Goes through a bit of a scamper. Bulldozes over a couple of defenders. And the scores in the corner. A typical Dane Colts try. But what about poor old TJ? He was left lying painfully on the floor, milking the best penalty he could. They'd already scored a try. The Canes got over here, a driving mall uh, following that near the end of the game. Dane Coles breaking off the back. Uh, great reach in the corner to put it home and safe for the Hurricanes. Uh, in the end, it was a, a touch bit one-sided, 37-17. Great second half, though, from the Canes. Their impact off the bench was massive for them. Yeah, and whilst there'll be a lot of talk about the attacking style and, attack and, and the try scoring, the defence here for the Canes really, really stood up. They got through a lot of tackles in this game. Uh, 126 tackles, only 77 by the Lions. The Lions had most of the territory possession, most of the, most of the chances, but they just couldn't break that defence. Um, sure, the, and the Canes missed a bunch of tackles, but they made enough to, uh, to, to hold them out. This was more a defensive game than an attacking one, even though the scoreline would perhaps suggest otherwise. Yeah, well, a pretty entertaining one, though. It's, it's good to see guys in a big season. You talk about guys standing up as well, getting into that groove. The guys like Coles back there, injury-free for now, hopefully. And more so probably that is Adi Savia. And, of course, they didn't have Bowden Barrett either. So it was a lot um, a lot of stepping up to do. And and they worked it pretty well, too. So yeah, come I mean, away, a 20-point well, win. Adi was on the bench, wasn't he? I think I can't remember if Dane Coles was on the bench as well. So, yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, so you say, so that, that starting lineup was a bit of a, was a, bit of a, uh, a makeshift one. Uh, I know they, they flew in a couple of guys because of um, injuries as well. Um, I didn't recognise um, the guy in the 13 jersey with his hair in a coconut style. Um, so see, it's like this top knot. It's all coming out. Yeah, um, yeah, really bad haircut. Anyway, um, but 18 turnovers by the Lions in this game. And he's like, wow. He just, just here, here, Hurricanes, have the ball, please. Ain't eh? yeah. They just couldn't get continuity. They, 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 they just uh, couldn't break down that defence. And when they did uh, did get through phases, they eventually turned it over. Um, so great play. But no, um, yeah, I should actually try and figure out who that 13 guy is before I um, now now I'm going to mention him um, for the Hurricanes. Um, uh, oh, Amanda Jensen. There you go. Got a um, haircut. Yeah, really haircut. Or lack of haircut. <laughs> yes. No, seriously, get your haircut, mate. No, it's, it, it looks awful. You can afford a haircut. I can't, but here you can. <laughs> A fountain haircut. That's what. That's all the rage these days, eh? That's oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Yeah, fountain haircut. That's what he's got. The fountain haircut. <laughs> all right, let's move on to our penultimate <laughs> game of the round. It was the uh, Stormers versus the Sunwolves, and um, not much hope was going the way of the visitors on this one. And it didn't start off too well for them either. Was the Stormers are looking to their forward pack as you would expect for dominance? So they reaped the rewards early on as Hooker and Banambi flew off the back and planted the ball firmly for an opening try, as if you're slam dunking it over the whitewash, and it was a good start for the home team. The Sunwolves did enjoy some possession before it was, well, you can't even describe it as torn away from them, from Dan Creel, stripping the ball in a one-on-one tackle, and surprisingly, he didn't back himself to actually get the whole way and looked wide for the speed, where they found Craig Barry, who was out wide all alone, and went over to score the second for the Stormers. That was the only two tries for the half. It was the Stormers 14, but the Sunwolves picked up a couple of penalties through Parker, of course, as they do, to just six. Close one. More than most people would probably be expecting at this point. Into the second half, and it was some more turnover dominance from the Stormers that boosted them upfield, and a piece of solo power skill and a dummy that fooled not only defenders, but the cameraman as well, uh, Yako Kutsia. You didn't see him score it because all the cameras were looking at the guy beside him 
that thought had the ball. A highlight, I think, of this game um, to see that. Just, you, you don't know how he scored it, but it looked really good anyway. And that put them in further of a lead. And pretty much at that point, you can say the Sunwolves were done and dusted. It did take them an hour, but they actually did wake up the Sunwolves. And it was Yamada with a superb offload from the deck. And that man, who else? But Marshall Wewa to scorch through some stout defenders who were surprised. They actually put some attack together and put them in the game and possibly look to spoil that Stormers bonus point. They did grab it straight back, though, the Stormers, and it was through the mall again, and Yaka Kutsia with his second and clear domination in that area of the field by the Stormers. The pack really was well and truly over the Sunwolves, but the Sunwolves are not to be outdone. They had a task to deny the bonus point, and if you've got a task to do, you give it to your main man, and that is Sumisi Masarewa. He spoiled the party with, get this, his 10th try of the season. His 10th try. That puts him up there with some of the best players and try scorers of the season. The playing of the Sunwolves was just fantastic. It was a simple try. Good passes through hands, finding numbers out wide. And who you have on the outside is your winger. Nothing fancy. His speed is electric enough. And he raced in to deny them that bonus point. The Stormers still won the game, though. 31-18. to 18. But come on. Let's give some love here to Masarewa. A lowly side like the Sunwolves. Really not threatening anyone on the table. But to have one of the top try scorers has got to be brilliant, especially individually for him. Oh, look, yeah, he's playing fantastically, isn't he? I think he's got like 14 Super Rugby tries in his life and 10 this season. So clearly he has uh, he's come of age this year, um, which is a bit shame. I mean, he looks like he's 33 or something. He, look, I mean, he looks ancient, doesn't he? I don't know how old he really is. Um, but we should, we, should, um, we should try and Google that while we're, um, while we're talking. But he, uh, yeah, he... He really has uh, played fantastically this season. Um, got that card um, at one point and got himself. I can't remember why he got uh, he got a ban. But he got a ban for a few games and was a bit silly. But apart from that, he's having a fantastic season. Um, Hayden Parker, his kicking's gone a little bit awry. I mean, relatively speaking, actually misses like one or two a game now um, over the last two games. But um, uh, but yeah, apart from that, yeah. Let's be honest, it's it's been abysmal for the Sunwolves ever since they learned they were leaving the, leaving the competition. And I'm sounding like a bit of a broken record with that one, but it has, unfortunately. Uh, and uh, most of these players won't be playing for the Super will be playing top league next year. Um, and I'm, you've got to wonder who, who, who the Sunwolves are even going to get out on the pitch. Well, I tell you, you're ready for a surprise. Go on, Mr. Masarewa is not even 30. Not even 30? He's, he's not even 28. He is <laughs> only 27. So he's, okay. he's, got, he's got another you know World Cup rotation in him yet. He's got a lot of years to go. <laughs> Getting him back to the Highlanders. I'm sure he played for the Highlanders early on. I could be wrong on that one, but I will find out before we move on. No, he played for the Force. It was the Western Force. Oh, wrong straight we away. There we go. I knew we played Super Rugby before. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. The, the season has gone to pot since they were kicked out of the competition. So it's a bit of a shame. They were really starting to build, I think. And much hmm. like the next team we're going to talk about as well, the Huguaros, goodness me, haven't they built nicely as well? into the end of this season. We'll move on to that one now anyway for the Jaguars versus the Sharks. And, I mean, I had a sneaking suspicion this one wouldn't be too close. And it really did turn out that it was one team really in control of this one. And it didn't take long for the Jaguars to get going. I mean, I could really sum this game up with, with one person's name. But we'll go through it anyway. Simple game. No, go on, go on, go on. One, one person's name? Whose name? Buffelli. Absolutely, yes. The yeah. magician. <laughs> The magician he was. He was, uh, uh, yeah. This was this was. Um, he was the difference between these two sides. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, and he, yeah, right from the start, too. They, I mean, they got a great show. Uh, Cancellari, what a, a great talent he is coming into mm. the team. Four minutes on the board, and they were up a try already. Uh, and then after that, Buffelli, he, he took control of it. Uh, his quality. I mean, he's been great before, but he, this game, he was just something else. Uh, a great pass he got from his fly half, and we saw what he's capable of. His step, his speed, his strength, and he was straight through and scored the second try, and only the two tries in the first half. It was only 12-0 to the Jaguares. A lot of points were left out there. Missed kicks, I think they left um, a number of missed kicks out there in the first half of the Jaguares. Oh, so yeah, I, so I, I tweeted at halftime that it was uh, 12 to the Jaguares, 11 to uh, missed kicks, and yeah, the Sharks <laughs> were apparently playing as well. Yeah. Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> well, the Rebels there too, because they certainly run and crush Jones, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, the, the bailout continued over the failure of penalties. They, they started to look for fives uh, that the Haguaras, and uh, who else but that man Buffelli once again, returning a kick from his own 22. Vanessa went high with it, and the, the fact that he could swoop in and take this ball like, like a, a bird taking a fish out of the sea. Just brilliant skill from him. Left them all for dead. And he climbs high, takes a kick, runs away from the chase of the Cano arm and goes in for his second. Then it was our opening try scorer, Cancellero. Felt a bit left out. He got back in the action. And it was probably through the generosity of Buffelli that gave him the try. Um, he did all the hard work. Cancellero just finished it nicely. Four or five Haguaris players could have scored that try. And he was in for his second into the hour mark and more poor play from the Sharks. Um, but they do get a bit of success later on. The line-out more, it's the go-to play for 2019, isn't it? One pass off, and it's a thunderous charge for Mr. Hazen, who grabs their, well, only points for the game. It's too, too easy to see at that stage. But closing off, it was a nice finish, and, and rightfully so for the Haguares, just to wrap it up nicely. Um, it's a bit of creativity going through this, mixing up a bit. Miotti with a little grubber kick through. Uh, the Sharks' defense was all racing up like lightning. Like Paul's talked about already, that little kick in behind that rush defense is the key to unlock it. And it was Carreras with his pace that wrapped up a great night for the back three. You got to say, Buffelli, um, Cancellere, and Carreras, brilliant. 34 7. Um, bonus points, a huge win. Haguero's all over it. And they're in the playoffs. And you got to say, nothing but well done. Round of applause. I think. Not just in the playoffs. Run for the money. Not just in the playoffs, but a home quarter final. Wow, fantastic! Um, Yeah, no, they've they've done great. I mean, this was a week. I mean, you talk about the fact, yeah, that these the tries here were pretty much all scored by the back three. Um, We, I mean, in the Crusaders game again, the uh, Braynenor hat trick, uh, Reese hat trick, uh, Havili think he also got in as well. Um, a, a, A lot of tries this weekend were scored by the back threes. Uh, in this, apart from obviously the Brumbies, where they have to do a rolling more. But I mean, uh, there was, um, yeah, a lot of back three players getting in uh, this weekend, which is good. Um, and again, off, off a lot of kicks, as we talked about. But um, there was only one team at the, uh, at the races for the first 60 minutes. Um, that was the Hags, uh, Haguaris, sorry, not Hags, including me, and the Jaguaris. Um, Haguaris, and they, they will, um, uh, and from there, let's be honest, they've got to. Um, they, they then kind of took their foot off the gas. And so, hence, if you look at the stats at the end of the game, they look relatively even, but they were absolutely dominated by the Haguaris. They, they, they made all their tackles when they needed to, got a big lead, and then just basically sat, sat back. And as you say, they left at least 11 points out there, in, I mean, just in the first half alone, uh, that, um, they, yeah, they're lucky that... The, the Sharks are lucky this, state, this, this score stayed below 50. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they were just completely outshone from, from start to finish. And it's surprising when the Sharks are such a good team on paper as well. And it just goes to show you what the other teams, whoever's going to end up going to Argentina, what they've got to cope with. Because this is one team 
on form. And, and to, to say, to go through a match like this and, and commend the guys in the back line, like I said, the back three, like of Buffelli, guys like that. And the fact that we've not even really talked about the pack, um, who was really performing very nicely, but they are what is creating this for the guys like Buffelli, and they are stepping up to the mark and really becoming a, a top top tier sort of pack for, for not only Super Rugby, but you'll see internationally later on as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they 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 got through a, a chunk of work, as you say, to allow the backs to uh, to, to play the way they did. Um, got through a lot of tackles, uh, yeah, and 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 did some hard yards. They they are one of these sides that kind of earn. I mean, um, uh, Herman and I did a post match reaction to this one, and yeah, one of the things we were talking about is that they're a side that learned that has been sort of learning to earn the right to go wide. It's a bit old fashioned in some ways sometimes, but hey, it works, um, and they're good at it. But historically. Argentinian teams aren't seeing a side that would generally do that, um, especially in that phase where they're trying to really build that backline play in, into their game. They really did force it a lot, force that issue, mm. and now they're starting to reap the rewards of what they've learned over the years. So I, I say go for it. I mean, if I if the Huggers win this competition this year, I would say great. I, I would be happiest man around. Um, the Argentinians will just be delirious, but you know, it'll be it'll be fantastic to get that Huggers uh, Crusaders final. Um, oh, you'll be in Christchurch probably if that was the case but wouldn't it be great it would be fantastic and I, I'm all for it so well done Huggers so second favourite team is Argentina so what we really need we really need is, is, is the Crusaders to go uh, to get knocked out in the uh, <laughs> biggest chance obviously it's going to be against Hurricanes in that semi-final um, and then uh, Hurricanes to visit um, Buenos Aires for the uh, for the final that's what uh, there we go that's that's uh, there you go that, that, that's how the Huggers win this win the competition Anyone to go to Buenos Aires in the final really is a great chance for them in the competition. I think they can beat anyone. Crusaders, yep. um, so I think, right on with them. I'll probably give them par. But anyone else, those two are streaks ahead. No, not even anyone close. So for mine, uh, bring it on. Give me a Huguaros jersey. I need one to go with my uh, other gear now. <laughs> that is, well, that's our seven games over round 17 that is our seven games when, when you're when you're over in the USA you can just pop down it's, it's all part of the same sort of continent landmass thing just pop down and buy one um, <laughs> next year anyway thank you very much Stephen uh, go over and check out Cornflakes Crib um, it's, uh, he put out a brand new video just before this one went live so um, go over there and check that out uh, there's uh, the best place for rugby gaming videos on the internet um, and he'll also be doing previews and stuff of Super Rugby as well um, so thank you very much sir this weekend, um, I've talked about what's going to happen during the week. This weekend, I'll be live straight after the Hurricanes versus the Waratahs. Um, I'll be live straight after the Hankuaris versus Sunwolves. And I'll be live straight after the... Oh, what's the other one? I've gone blank. It must be the Blues. But nope. Um, oh, yeah, Hurricanes versus the Blues. There we go. That's the, those, those are the three games I'll be doing. Um, I'm also trying to figure out, as I've only got a laptop, I'm trying to figure out how could I watch the two South Africa games and live stream at the same time? Because, hey... Join those two games. It could we, we we could be seeing sides jump in and out of qualification. Who is in and out, and, and it could be it could flip several times due to tries and stuff. So it could be quite fun to live stream while that's happening. But um, I'll have to try and see if, if I can do that. That would be from like one o'clock in the morning till like five o'clock in the morning Sunday, which would be a little bit crazy. But hey, why not? Um, buy another and, uh, laptop. Buy another laptop. Yes, yeah. so if anybody. <laughs> would like to um, provide me with the, the cash for a second laptop. That would be much appreciated. If you get it to Hamilton by uh, by Saturday, because obviously it's Saturday night, Sunday morning is when it all happens, then we can um, th then we can do that. But unfortunately, sorry, it's out of my budget. I did not have enough cash for that second laptop. Even a desktop would do, to be honest. It doesn't have to be a laptop. Um, 
So yes. Uh, anyway, um, enough of me groveling and begging for a computer. Thank you very much for joining us and have a great, um, great week. Come back tomorrow night for the Hash Rugby Chat.